0: Thanks for joining us for today's sermon on the Brick Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Jared Callahan. And I'm the lead pastor here at the Brick, and we're so excited that you're going to check out today's message. Our prayer is that each week the message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you connect to God, maybe in a brand new way. We also pray that you connect with us as a community, that it doesn't stop just with your connection with God, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with the people at the Brick Church. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's jump into today's message so we're in called who's who's excited about the new auditorium Woo! let's go 8:30. all right so you guys uh i'm not i'm not probably allowed to give out bonus points uh, in heaven but you got them if i am you got them it's eight thir- you're here at the 8:30. make room at the 10 and it's like zero degrees or negative it feels like negative i don't know why they tell us here's what the w- weather is and here's what it feels like i just you know what it feels like all right because i'm going outside and it feels like negative nine or negative six or something so Faithful, like, go ahead, check that box, you got <laughs> bonus points. Hey there. So so today we're starting a series, uh, and it's the name of the series is Called, okay, and so uh, what I got up here is some old phones, and I believe you're called, I believe you've been called, and I think maybe you have a lot of calls, you may have some calls from your past. I got some calls from my past up here, hold up, this is OG, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Yeah. No, I'm driving down the road, holler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got a bag phone. You know what I'm saying? Anybody, who had a bag phone? For real. (laughs) My parents had a bag phone. I didn't have a bag phone. My first phone looked something like this without the antenna. Anybody have this one? Indestructible, y'all. It didn't have an antenna, and I actually ran it over with my truck, and my truck broke. That's how indestructible it is. That's not true, but it's funny. All right. (laughs) Then, here's, let me tell you. Let me tell you about these bad boys. The flip phones. I want to hang up on some people on a flip phone. You know, this is, it's like, it, there's not, it's not satisfying anymore to be like, forget you, say something else. You know how lame that is? It's so boring. But you, when you were talking trash, you were like, I wish you would. Come at me. Felt good, right? That felt different. And some of y'all got some calls. Y'all been getting some calls. Somebody's been calling and calling and calling. And today, I, I want you to answer the right phone. This This might represent the calls that you're getting from your past. The things that you... Uh, thought you should be, the things you wanted to be, the, the plans that you had for your life, all the calls, the calls of anxiety, the calls of depression, the calls of what you were labeled as as a kid, all the calls that you've been getting, there is one call that matters most, and that call is the call of God, and what I, what I know is this, is that all of you are, are called, he, he's ringing your phone, and the question is whether or not you're picking up, many of us are getting distracted from the call of God on our life because we're picking up old phones. We're picking up old calls like, well, yeah, but I'm I, I've struggled with addiction. I don't know if God can use me that way. We're picking up old plans because we've got all this other stuff going on and we're picking up old deals. And I'm, I'm telling you today that if, if I can do anything in this series, what I want to convince you of is that you were called by God today. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. You didn't lose your call. You didn't miss your call. Your call is today. And, and I hope and pray through this series that you're willing to pick up the call of God and that you're willing to have the faith. To believe that God has called you. Here's the scripture we're going to stick with uh, through this series. Uh, It's Matthew chapter 22 verse 14. Matthew chapter 22 verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. What I want to take you from in this series is knowing that you're called, knowing that God is, is ringing your phone, that you wake up and you look at that phone and you go, what's God got for me today? God is calling me to something today, not tomorrow. I didn't miss it yesterday. I'm not worried about all the things that I might do in the future. What does God have for me today? And that it will take you from not called, but take you from called to chosen. That you'll go from called to chosen for many are called, but few are. Are chosen called today. Many are called right now at whatever job you're at. I'm not asking you. I'm not. I'm not calling you all to be in ministry vocationally. I don't need you to get a paycheck from the church. We can't afford all of you to be paid by the church. But you are called today wherever you're at. Many of you wouldn't want the job, and that's great. You have a call right now. I don't care if you flip burgers at McDonald's. You own a business. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care what it is you do in your profession. You are called by God today, called today. Um, and so the context of these verses. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 verse 14 the context of these is a parable and in this parable there's a king and Jesus is telling the parable in Matthew and there's a king who has a banquet that he's setting up for his son and the king that is setting up a banquet for his son is setting this banquet up and wants everybody to come and so he invites all his friends he invites everybody like all the people he's got like hey come come check out this banquet my son is doing this thing I got this still going on come come check this out and uh, all of them have excuses all the people that he knows, all of his friends, they've all got excuses for the things that they're doing. They've got uh, stuff to deal with with their family. They've got stuff to deal with with their, with their uh, crops, their agriculture. we got to take care of our field. We've got to harvest. We've got to plant. They all have a good excuse for what is going on. And... In the parable, the king is frustrated. He sends his son out. They, they abuse everybody he sends to invite. And there's all, of these, it, there's all of this imagery that takes place there that has to do with uh, the Israelites and the Gentiles and what God is about to do. But the imagery I want you to catch is that it goes from everybody who rejected the invite to say, you know what, I'm not going to be specific about who I invite. Look, just go to the highways and the byways, send out the invite. I want everybody here. I've, I've got the meal cooked. I've got the food ready. I've got everything you need in this very moment to do the very thing you're called to do. Just go get people here. And so they go out into the highways and the byways to call them, every person, not, not somebody who was friends with the king, not somebody the king knew, not people that were his friends and should be at the banquet. It was everybody who would listen to the call was invited. And so then he ends the parable by saying, let's go to that verse again. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. The end of that parable tells me if he is inviting every single person to come in and join this party, come into this banquet, check out what's going on. What that parable is communicating to me is that everyone is invited. The question is about who accepts the invite. And today I want you to accept the invite. I want you to know that every, if, you're, if you are still within the sound of my voice, if you can hear me, if there's any ability that my language is coming across to your ears and we're speaking the same language and these words are registering, know that God is calling you. You have enough of a signal. I, I mean, this, this probably won't pick up a signal. I'm sure the, the satellite stuff don't work anymore uh, for this stuff. This almost guaranteed won't pick up a signal. But where you're at today, you've got a signal. Because God is speaking. And God is saying something to you and he's got a call for you. And the the question is whether you have faith to believe that you are called. And the second you go from, all right, I accept the call. I I believe that you've invited me to the banquet and you step into the banquet. That's the difference between called and chosen. And so today, the first question I'm going to ask you is, do you have enough faith to believe that you're chosen? Do you have enough faith to believe that you're called and then enough faith to step into the calling and believe that, "No, no, no, I'm chosen? I'm, I'm chosen by God. Like I'm picked by him. The second he's calling, he's announcing, please come into the banquet. I want as many people in my house as I can get. Please come into my banquet. Please be a part of my party. And you're like, no, I'm not good enough. You know, like I can't, I can't be in your house. You're the king. Like, I can't, I don't deserve it. And he's like, but I'm, I'm actually inviting you right now in this very moment for this very thing to be a part of this thing. Why would you not take? Well, I, I've got, I just I fill in the blank for your excuse. Today he's calling. Are you answering? Do you believe that you're called? And the second you step in from, all right, I believe he's calling. I accept the call. You go to chosen. Now, this word that that shows up chosen um, in the Greek is translated over and over again in the New Testament as the elect. There's a little bit of controversy. Some of you, 830, might be a little bit more into some nerdy controversy. But there's some Christian controversy with this term elect. OK, there's a group of my brothers and sisters. They're on the other side of the family, like like distant cousins of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, I love them. And if you're one of them, I love you very much. And you are here and you're welcome to be here. And that group of people believes that the elect stands for people that God has chosen and that they don't have a choice. Right. That God is like predetermining who is picked to go to heaven and who is picked to go to hell. Right. That's that's so there's a group of Christians, not me, other Christians that believe that's what Scripture says. I um, mean, this phrase elect shows up through scripture and they use those scriptures to kind of indicate, well, God elected a certain people, and those only people to get into heaven. And this scripture indicates to me and this, the way that that Greek word is originally used suggests to me that the ones who are chosen are the ones who choose to listen. The, the difference between called and chosen, the difference between not elect and elect are those that have the faith to believe that they're called now how that plays out practically, the way that me and my distant cousin, brothers and sisters who believe in that um, can come together and be at the same Thanksgiving together. We can be at the same Christmas together spiritually. The way that we can come together is that practically it plays out the same. You don't have to overthink, like, am I elect or am I not elect? Am I chosen or am I not? Practically, for whether it's someone who's a Calvinist who believes that the elect are predetermined to go to heaven or hell, uh, we can agree on one thing. And the thing that we can agree on is that if you have the faith to believe and you activate on your faith in your elect. So it's as simple as that, whether we disagree or not on that particular version of predetermination, we can agree that if you have the faith to believe. All right, God, God can use me. If God can use a murderer in the Old Testament through Moses, if God can use a Christian killer in the New Testament through Paul, that that was Saul, then God can use me if God can over and over again. The only person that really has no flaws in scripture is Jesus. Every other one, almost every other one, you uh, Scripture goes out of its way to explicitly show their flaws, because what I think Scripture is trying to communicate is, yes, I can use even you. And if you're still doubting me, you're still wondering, God, can God use me? Could I be called? God used a donkey. okay? now I know what your spouse may have called you in the King James version of donkey. (laughs) And I know what you might have been in times past in the King James version of donkey, but. You are still able to be used by God. If God can use a donkey, God can use you. The question is not whether you're able. The question is not whether you're good enough. The question is not whether you're called because we already know you're called. The question is whether you'll answer, whether you'll go. All right, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what phone it comes in on. I don't care if it's a flip phone, a bag phone. I don't care if it's any number of phones. I'm going to answer. I'm not answering tomorrow's call. Many of you get, many of you have phones and calls that you're getting that don't exist any, don't don't exist yet. You've got to implant it implanted in your head, and it's that call of anxiety for the future, and you're answering all the time. It shows up on your nails. Just, I'm trying to stop biting my nails, so I'm with you. I'm trying, trying to stop biting my nails. It shows up on your nails. You're answering a call of anxiety for what may happen. No, no, no not the call of the future, not the call of yesterday, today. Every morning you wake up, it is brand new, and he is calling you. something to be chosen to be the elect to to walk into a room and be like no no I, I answer the call no no I know I got some sin stuff that I'm working on I know I got some stuff that I used to wrestle with I know how I was labeled I know what people called me I know all of those things are true but I know today when I woke up I decided I was following God with my life so when I walked into the room I didn't walk in as old Jared I didn't walk in as what I was labeled as a kid. I didn't walk in with, my, with, with all the, the wrestle of the depression. I didn't walk in with all that stuff. I walked in with the call of God and what my label was, what my identity was, was chosen. I'm a child of God before I'm anything else. So all those other labels get to take a backseat. So when I walk into the room, I've got a call of God on my life. I am, gonna use this word, anointed. I'm anointed by God for the work I'm called to do today. So for for definition, if you're not used to that word anointed, uh, the the word anointed, the way we're going to use in this series is anointed. Anointed is a gift or talent set apart to be used in the kingdom. All of you have something. I don't, I don't care what it is you're good at. I don't care what gifting. You start using it for the kingdom. You start taking that anointing and go, I'm, I'm kind of good at this. I can do this better than other people. I, can, I have some gift set that's unique. And you would be amazed at all the number of gifts that seem like, how does that get used? And God finds a way to use that gift set in the kingdom of God. You are anointed for where you're at, to be the spouse you are, to be the parent you are, to do the thing at the job that you're doing that you don't want to do but you know you're good at. And so you pr- provide the kingdom type stuff at that job. That, that stuff. This is the stuff I'm talking about that you're anointed for. There's a moment where uh, a guy in the Old Testament is anointed. David is, is like the greatest king of Israel. Like It's the one that everybody looks to. We want a king like David. Even today, uh, the nation of Israel would look for a king like David. And David didn't have a label as a king when he started out. He didn't grow up in a family of kings. He didn't have the right labels. He didn't have the right identity. He didn't get the right phone call. He, he, as a matter of fact, what happens to David is he specifically doesn't get called. So what happens for David is there's a prophet named Samuel who gets a word from God. See, he's anointed as a prophet to hear from God. Samuel gets a, a call, and he's like, all right, there, there's one of Jesse's sons. Not Jesse's girl, Jesse's sons, right? Okay, that's an old reference. Uh, one of Jesse's sons, he's anointed to be king. There's a song, for those of you who are young, there's a song called Jesse's Girl. That's what I was making reference to. I'm so sorry. Uh we had these phones, so that's what happened. <laughs> we got that. All right, so uh, he, Samuel gets, uh, gets, a, gets an anointed call from God. Like one of Jesse's sons is supposed to be king. There's a king named Saul who's set up to be king. He's not doing what God's co- told him to do. And so Samuel gets the call. It's like, all right, go to Jesse. He goes to Jesse. Hey, one of your sons is supposed to be king. I need all your sons here. So Jesse goes and gets his sons. He gets six of them. But the youngest, he leaves out in the field. Just, uh, Samuel doesn't know this, but Jesse thinks like the, the way that tradition works is it's oldest usually is going to be the one. So surely the youngest by the time you get to seven, I got six of them here. You know, I get to the seventh one. He's the baby. He, we just use him to watch the sheep. He can't really be trusted to really be out here tested as a king. And sure enough, Samuel doesn't know that one son's missing. He's like, what this guy? Oh, he looks. Yeah, that dude's a stud. Like he's going to be that's going to be it. And God's like, no, that's not him. And he goes over and over again, all the way down through all six sons. And he's telling Samuel, listen, Samuel, I I don't look on outward appearances. I look on the heart. These ain't it. And Samuel's like, hey, man, is this all your kids? Like, you would think that if I called you and told you, like, one of your kids is going to be king, bring them all together, that you would bring all of them. But no, 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 Jesse just brings six. He's like, well, I got, you know, I got the other one. You know, I got the redheaded stepchild. He's out in the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we we know how y'all treat us. Well, I got the redheaded stepchild out in the field. He's not really my stepchild, but I treat him as such because he's redhead. Send him out in the field. I don't know if David was really a redhead. There are people that have argued that, but I don't know if David's really redhead. Um, he's out in the field with the sheep, just just doing just stinky. I know sheep sound nice, but they're stinky. They're nasty. You're out by yourself. He's out in the field. And um, he gets the call. Show up, and sure enough, Samuel sees it. It's like, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Here's what it says in first uh, Samuel, chapter 16, verse 13. So Samuel took the horn full of olive oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. The spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. And from that day on, then Samuel got up and went to Ramah. So spirit of the Lord anointed him. And then he goes and does his thing. David is anointed to be king. He's, he's, he's good. He's got it. He's got the anointing of what he was. Now, what you might be saying is, that's cool, except like nobody's done that to me. You know? <laughs> nobody's had some oil and prayed over me. I've never. That's. Do we still do that? Yeah, we can still do that. Uh, is, that is that a thing? What does it look like to be called? What actually changes in the New Testament? In the Old Testament, when David gets anointed for a specific task, there's a, there's a process, and there's only a handful of people that get anointed by the Spirit of God. That's what happens in the Old Testament. You just get a handful of people that are anointed to be king, anointed to be prophet. There's some people that were anointed for craftsmanship whenever they were building Solomon's temple. There's, there's anointings that existed, but they were for specific people at specific times. The Spirit of God wasn't on everybody. And then what happens in Acts chapter 2, when Jesus ascends to heaven, is that the Spirit of God it's not just for kings and queens. It's not just for anointed craftsmen. The spirit of God is to be poured out on everybody. Here's what he says in Acts chapter two, verse 17. It says, in the last days it will be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. What I'm here to tell you is that when you pick up the call, I don't care what phone it was with, and you're like, all right, God, I'll do it. I, I don't always feel like it. I don't always seem like it's, it's true. I don't, always, I, I don't always feel like a son of God, but I'm going to do it. When you pick up the phone and you, you decide to step into it, that moment God says his spirit is on you. The second you said, all right, God, I'm going to follow you with my life. The Holy Spirit is in you. The difference between a lot of us as Christians and a lot of us that fulfill the call of God in our life and a lot of us that don't, the difference is whether we stay activated in our faith to believe that that means more than just I'm getting to heaven the difference is like no no I'm I'm getting to heaven but I got things to do here Right, we we were singing songs back in the day about getting to heaven, right? I'll fly away. It was all about dying. Like we just got punched our ticket and we're just like waiting. Like I'll just I'll just go in, do whatever I have to do, raise my family, however, but I'm just I'm trying to get to heaven. And God is like, No, 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 you want to get to heaven, and we can sing about heaven, and heaven's gonna be great, but you got a job to do today. You've been anointed today to dream dreams and to see visions. You've been anointed today to be the spouse you're called to be, to be the parent, you're called to be to be the worker, you're called to be to be the singer, the preacher, the, the lawyer, whatever that it is that you do day to day, you are anointed anointed today to use your hands and feet to to reach people anointed today that the same spirit of God that, that, that rushed on David to take down Goliath is the spirit of God that lives in you now and we walk in rooms like I just uh, yeah I love Jesus you know it's just it's cold out though you know <laughs> it's cold outside I can't be doing all kinds of crazy stuff like I, I love Jesus but like, I love Jesus, but I'm struggling. I love I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your struggles don't negate the fact that God has anointed you. The second you accept it, the second you walk in it, the second you step into it, the spirit of God has anointed you. You have the spirit that took down Goliath and all the Goliaths in your life are meant to be taken down. It is whether or not you go, you know what? No, no, no. Mm-mm, I'm not. That thing that came in my past, that old phone call, I'm not taking that no more. We're going to go ahead and unplug that. They're not that actually that hard to unplug anymore right they're not that bad i'm gonna I'm unplug that thing It don't need to it don't need to ride in my car with me it doesn't need to sit in my pocket with me some of y'all had them hip holsters back in the day It don't need those you won't need to be on my hip i don't need none of that call in my life at all i'm actually going to leave that in the past where it belongs i'm not going to pick up that phone call ever again i'm actually walking into the spirit of god that has called me today anointed me today despite my flaws despite my struggles despite the sin that i'm wrestling with despite all the stuff the second you walk in it and go all right god I'll pick up the call. I'm going to try. I'm going to try today. I'm going to try tomorrow. I'm going to try the next day. I'm going to try the day after that. And, I, and he didn't ask you to feel like it. He just asked you to have faith for it. Some days you're going to wake up, at least I do. Maybe some of you are different than me and y'all walk on clouds. But for me, I wake up and I don't always feel like a child of God. I don't always feel like everything's rosy. I don't always feel like everything's perfect. And yet I still believe because I have enough evidence to believe that God is who he says he is and that his word is what it says it is. I have enough faith to believe that I can trust that more than I can my feelings. There are dark days where things happen and the Goliath looks scary and you got to go, all right, God you're bigger than that Goliath, you're bigger than that loss, you're bigger than that struggle, and you go, all right, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna keep walking, I'm gonna keep walking. I read uh, this week uh, a quote by, the, uh, by C.S. Lewis, and uh, I'm just gonna paraphrase it, because it's a little bit longer. C.S. Lewis says that the that, that most dangerous Christian, the most dangerous to the kingdom of hell kind of danger, like you are you are a threat to, to the kingdom of hell, uh, the most dangerous Christian is the one who, like Jesus, you feel that moment where it's like, it feels like you're forsaken, right? If, you, if Jesus can feel forsaken, Jesus... Said, why have you forsaken me to God? Jesus felt forsaken and still followed through with the gift. The most dangerous Christian is can walk in the valley, be in the dark, and feel like God's abandoned them. And cry out and pray and beg and plead and be like, God, just get me through this moment. And yet get back up and do the next faithful thing. Now, that, that's, a, that's a dangerous Christian. That's one who can do a work and that God can do a work in that you just keep taking faithful steps and let God do a work in you. And let God do his work because you take care of what God's called you to. Do. Here's where David does, though. So some of you are like, yeah, let's go. I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna get that giant. It's time. Like, I can't wait. I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna go quit my job and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Africa on the missions field. No, no, no. David doesn't go to the palace. You know where they find David next? Back with the sheep. Da- David gets anointed king. And David's better than me because David went right back to the sheep. You, you had six older brothers right there. The, you want to do a dance or something? I'm like, oh, who's king now? Huh? Okay. All right. Let's see. Who, who, who's in the sheep field? Who's in the sheep field? Y'all in the sheep field? Y'all in the sheep field? No, I'm king. I'm the king. Let me, let, let me talk some trash to my brothers, not David. No, no. He goes and does the next faithful thing. Goes right back to the sheep field. Goes right back to the sheep field. David, back in the sheep field anointed to be king, knows he's called to be king, goes right back to the sheep field and that's where they find him next. There's a moment where Saul is uh, perplexed in his spirit. The spirit of God is perplexing him because he's not called to be king anymore and there's a wrestle and they're like looking for a guy who can play the lyre. It's just kind of like a harp thing and they know David can. I guess that's what you do out in the sheep field. Just da-da-da-da-da with the sheep and they come running. I don't know how it works. I'm not a sheep herder in case you haven't figured that out. (laughs) Uh, so da 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 da, sheep come running. They're like David can jam. You know what I'm saying? The sheep just be going right to sleep. They don't count. We don't count sheep. We count David's. That's how good he is. Okay. And so he's out in the field just doing his thing. And they're like, Hey, David, we need you just for a moment because the king needs you. And David's like, Okay, cool. He, David didn't go to the king. The king called David. I mean, if I if I were anointed, I'd be the king. Be like, That's my seat, sir. That's Samuel just anointed me. If you could just scooch, scooch. I might let you sit to the side, but right there, that's mine. Now, David, right back to the thing he was called to today. So he goes, plays, does his thing. Second time, we see David anointed and gifted. He's out in the sheep field, and his dad calls him up. He's like, hey, I need you to take some food to your brothers who are on the front line of war against Philistines. David does what he's called to do by his father, anointed to be king and running errands for his daddy. David does it. Cheese and bread. Let's go get it. We got it. Takes to the deal. Here's Goliath. That's the moment he's anointed. be Like this can't stand. This guy's got to go. His Goliath moment, his his king in the room with the king moment, his Goliath moment happened because David was faithful with the today moment. Here, here's what I would say about uh, David. If you're taking if you're taking notes, David was faithful with where he was. God was faithful with where he was taking him. David was faithful with where he was. God was faithful with where he was taking him. So if you're wondering, what do I do next? You step into that room different. You step into that room faithful. Whatever God put in your hands to do right now. I'm not saying don't dream about the future. I'm not saying don't plan for the future. I'm just saying don't worry about the future. Because today has enough worries for itself is what scripture says. So today, what is my job to be faithful with today? With my finances today? With my job today? And I'm talking about in the little stuff. I know every, we, we try to over-spiritualize, and we've gone to churches that just want to make everything super spiritual, and sometimes we want to make it not our fault. Like, I lost that job because Satan was attacking. No, you lost that job because you stopped showing up. It happens. It's crazy. I know. When you stop showing up to work and you don't call in, they fire you. And that wasn't Satan. That was you. The most faithful thing you can do is to show up on work, at work on time. And not make excuses for, for the reasons you didn't. Like, no, no, no. What does a child of God do? A child of God shows up and does what he's called to do and is faithful to his word. So if I said I'll be there at eight, I'm gonna be there at eight. And if I make a mistake and I'm not, I'm going to apologize and I'm gonna do better the next day. So I'm gonna be faithful with today in the little stuff. With with my diet, with my thoughts, with my spending. I'm gonna be faithful today in the little stuff and trust God with tomorrow. I'll plan, I'll dream, I'll do all that stuff, but I'm not worrying about that. If I'm anointed for something tomorrow, maybe you know that you have a gift set and a calling, there is more for you, and praise God, I believe that there is more for you, but there is nothing more than what you are called to do today. That is the most faithful thing you can do is today do exactly what you're called to. I I would like to say you have to pass a test, but that sounds like God is, like, judging you and just, like, trying to, like, test you all the time, and that sounds kind of gross, except in a healthier version of a class setting, I'm testing you to see if you're ready for the fourth grade right? I, I I I would be a fool if I sent you to the fourth grade without teaching you how to read. I'd be a fool if I let you step into the fourth grade not knowing anything about your math stuff that you're supposed to know. I would be a terrible teacher if I let you just go on ahead when you weren't ready. It, it's a test in the sense that, like, I would love for you to pass and I'm not trying to test you to mess with you. I'm not trying to manipulate you, but I want to get you to a place where you can go to the fourth grade. And then when you get there, you'll be faithful in the fourth grade so that you can get to the fifth grade and then keep going. So in your spiritual life, it's not that he's testing you to to, to mess with you. He is trying to get you ready for the next thing and for David. He identified with his call more than everything else. His daddy didn't think he was worthy. His brothers didn't think he was worthy. And yet he identified with his call. What I think David did, this is theoretical, can't prove this, doesn't show up in Scripture. But I think David acted like a king in the sheep field before he was ever a king. I think he he registered that, connected to that, and was like, that's who I am. I'm king. And so when he was out in the sheep field, he was like, I'm going to act like I'm a king of these sheep. And that's what David said when he goes to fight Goliath. He's like, listen, there was a lion and a bear coming after my sheep, and I took them down because God was on me. God was anointing me to take down this lion and this bear. He was anointed for that moment. I think he was like, I will apply today the things that I might use tomorrow. I'll be faithful like these are my people, and I will take down everything that tries to attack them. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I think he was faithful to that moment, knowing like I'm called for more tomorrow, but I'm going to live like it today. I'm going to identify with who God has called me to do today today i'm going to identify with the call of god today and act like it at the job now not better than not more than just faithful just more faithful just more of a, of a of a child of god that i identify with the call that i picked it up and i was like yes sir i'll do the thing oh you need me to apologize to my spouse i don't know that was some, i was trying to uh, what's that but for real though i gotta apologize I, that's me first she can't do it first was it but she was wrong though right you know that right we were on the same but she was wrong but i got to apologize that's cool that's cool that's cool that's cool i'm gonna do that No, that's the little stuff that you don't think that's that's when you want to hang up on God like I'm I'm gonna do it I'm gonna apologize. I'm not gonna like it But do it anyways, you don't always have to like it. Listen, I can eat my vegetables. I don't have to like them I get the same nutrients whether or not I like them or not The call of God when you know it's something you're supposed to do today We've been waiting for tomorrow and God's been waiting on you today I'll, I'll say it like this if you're taking notes, you can be anointed for big things tomorrow But nothing's more important than faithfulness today You'll never get to the fourth grade until you pass the third. You, you just won't. And 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 God wants you there. God's not trying to hold you back. But you keep you keep hanging up on 'em. You're like, ah, Friday night. Hang it. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just set that down on Friday night. God's calling, ah, Saturday, I got you know what I'm saying? I don't I ain't trying to go to church on Sunday, not you, 830. That's gonna be for the ten o'clock. I ain't trying to go, you all y'all coming in the zero degrees, y'all here. I'm not mad at y'all no, no, today I'm going to be faithful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it in action that like, no, no, God called me to it. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to like it all the time, but I know what I'm called to do. I know how I'm called to treat my spouse. I know how I'm called to speak to my kids. I know how I'm called to live this life and I don't have to like his answer. But when I go to God, I fast, I pray, and I hear him telling me, hey, be faithful now. That's what I'm going to do. That, that, that's a dangerous Christian. And so today what, what I want you to see is the, is the, the power in that the power in that moment and and maybe what you might miss out on if you don't some of you are in this dangerous thing and i'm i'm, I'm nervous as it, i think one of the reasons that I'm, I'm a i'm a pastor in in america in muskogee and not overseas because i actually really like being overseas and traveling so i would like love to do missions work but i'm actually scared for the american church i'm scared for my hometown i'm scared for small town christians because we know enough like, we know enough to hear. Like, God's been ringing loudly in America for many years to tell us, like, hey, this is who Jesus is. This is what it looks like to live like Jesus. And we live by man's opinion and all these other things. And he's been calling and calling and calling. And sometimes we pick it up for salvation, but then we let it down for the rest of the week. We pick it up on Sunday morning, but we let it down for the rest of the week. And it's not how it works. You've been invited to the banquet, and you've got to dress like it. Now I'm not changing how we dress for church. I mean, in here. I mean, in here. Because the, the, the parable I used earlier, um, there's a guy who shows up in the wrong clothes. And it's kind of unique because in their culture, there was a clear expectation of what you wear to, to the banquet. You know what you wear to this banquet. Like, for instance, you know you're not supposed to wear white to a wedding, right? Especially not a white dress, ladies. That's what I'm told. I don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't wear a white dress, so I'm cool. And so uh, the, the – uh, that was a dumb joke. All right. So the, uh, you guys know, like, what you're supposed to do and not do. They knew. And, and what was unique is that in Eastern culture uh, in the first century, there was evidence of times where they, they would have a banquet and some certain people that were poor couldn't afford the right clothes. And if they, weren't, they couldn't afford the right clothes, it was still okay because the attendant at the banquet would provide you the right clothes. So if you showed up in the wrong clothes, you showed up because you just were like, forget it, I'll do what I want. You showed up I'm like, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to be invited, but I'm not like not like chosen, chosen. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just getting to heaven. I'm just doing enough to get by. I'm just trying to get out of hell. And here's what he says about that guy in the parable. Matthew chapter 21, verses 11 through 13. He said, but when the king came in to see the wedding guests, he saw a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he had nothing to say. The king said to his attendants, Tie him up, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. T- to answer the call of salvation and to think that's all it is means you're not chosen. It, 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 like, the, the call of God isn't halfway. Like, this scares me for us. To know enough about Jesus, to know that he's called me to be saved and to accept his salvation, and then to decide to live every day like it didn't change anything, that scares me. It scares me for you. It scares me for me. I can't, I can't, I, I don't want to play that game. It says in scripture, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like there's an aspect to this where it's like, I need to have some respect for the banquet that I showed up to. Yes, everyone is invited. Yes, you can all come. But when you come, you, you put on the, the, the clothing of righteousness. the scripture talks about, and you live different. You can't live the same and be called by God and be chosen by God. At some point, something has to change. You don't have to be perfect. You can be in the wrestle, but you can't just show up like whatever I do what I want. Friday night, I date who I want, I spend how I want. I mean, I love Jesus, he's cool, I like Jesus. He's got great teachings, he's the son of God, but I'm going to do me. I'm going to date how I want, when I want, where I want. I'm going to treat my wife or my, my husband the way I want to treat them. However, I'm going to treat my kids however, because I'm a man, I do what I want. No, 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 weeping and gnashing of teeth in this scripture, it it should change you. It should keep you, when you have a real respect for the banquet that you've been invited to, it will keep you. For me, it kept me. Like, the call of God kept me, because if I'm honest with you, sin's fun for a moment, right, there's a, the, the reason it's tempting is because it's tempting, right, the reason you're, you were lured into it, because it sounds fun, it might feel good for a moment, but it will cost you mu- too much, and there were moments where I wanted to just give in to sin, and there were moments I did, and I regretted it, but there was this, this, this ache in the back of my head that was spoken over me, that I was like, all right, I'm called, I'm different, I'm, I'm anointed for something, and some of it kind of came as a joke, right? There was, this, there was this thing in my head about being the anointed one, okay? Uh, it kind of started as a joke. There's some people in my family that are a little bit jealous because I'm really close to my grandparents. Um, uh, my grandparents, uh, there's people in the room that are going to be jealous and not going to like this at all. Uh, I was really close to my grandparents. I helped them when I was like 12, uh, and, and was, I traveled with them one time when they went to do uh, a revival, and I was super close to my grandparents, and so um, some people think, some people know that I'm the favorite, of, of my grandmother uh, <clears throat> and so uh, being the favorite not not being favorite some people think that I'm the favorite let's say it that way someone made a joke I'm a, one of my cousins I actually don't know which one actually started the joke be like oh Jared he's the anointed one right that was how the joke started and you, you probably my grandmother should be like listen I love you all the same y'all better stop we just spend more time together that's not what my grandmother did she was like yeah he's anointed she didn't stop she didn't, like, <laughs> she didn't change it Like, maybe she should have, maybe she should have been like, well, hold up, let me, let me make you all feel, everybody get in here, you know what I'm saying, I love you, but she didn't, she didn't back off, she was like, oh, yeah, he's anointed, what is wrong with that, and she would call me the anointed one, they call me it, like, my brother and sister, maybe not as much, my cousins, they don't like it, they don't like it at all, they are real jealous, and one of them might be in here or not, I don't know, she don't like it, and so, uh, I give them a hard time, they give me a hard time, but my grandmother didn't back off, and the way that my grandmother would speak to me was about my anointing and my gift set and my calling and and it and it rung true the The times when I wanted to step out inside of my sin it, w- it was like, no no no, i'm anointed i i'm gifted I'm called to something more this this is not what someone who's called or anointed does. This is not what someone who's chosen does. I can't do that thing because there's a call and a and, and there's something on my life and what I, the reason I tell you that story is because what my grandmother did for me. It's not just true for me. It's true for you too. And the voice that my grandmother was in the back of my head to remind me over and over again, no, 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 you, you're called for more. You are chosen for more. I want, as your pastor, to be that voice for you. You, you are called. You are chosen for more. And, and if, if you hear nothing else, if the rest of your week, you hear nothing else but me in the back of your head saying, is that what a, is that what a chosen person does? Is that what a called person does? Is that what an anointed person does? If nothing else, if just my voice can be the thing that just annoys you enough to go, all right, I'm not going to do that sin. Pastor Jared said I it was called. I, just, I really wish I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can do it. You can do it mad. Just like the phone call from God, you can do it mad. Like, I don't want to. I wish I could just, I want to go on Friday night like I'm supposed. I just want to, I just want to date that person. I think that would be awesome. I just want to do, th- I just want to spend this money. You know, That's not what a chosen person does. That's not what a called person does. And I picked up the call this morning and I answered it. So if I can be what my grandmother was for me to you, hear my voice. Hear me tell you, you are chosen. You are anointed, you are gifted. God has something for you today. You may be in the sheep field today and that's the, very, that's the only thing you need to worry about. It's like, what does it look like to be faithful to with today and I'll trust God with tomorrow. I'll be faithful with today and I'll trust God with tomorrow. See, we, we accept the title of who we're called to be before we ever actually get the title. David was anointed king for years before you ever got the title of king the thing you're stepping into and it may not feel like it it may not feel like you're anointed it may not feel like you're a child of god it may not but you are anointed for today so that you can do all the things god has for you for tomorrow let's pray we're so glad you joined us for today's message our prayer is that god got the message you needed most today If you're still here joining us and you're looking for an opportunity to connect to the Brick Church through giving, you can do that by texting the word BRICK to 45888. That's the word BRICK to 45888. The first time you do that, it's going to send you a link, give you the opportunity to connect that number to a credit card, debit card, or bank account. And as you connect with us and we partner together to reach people, we pray that God blesses you in your giving.